raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. A yes or a no on on the immigration uh, bill? The bill that's been presented today, uh, I think, will fail on Wednesday. Uh, I'm certainly a no. What I want to see is a bill that actually provides border security. You know, it's remarkable that in 2021, the Democrats said, there's no problem at our southern border. 2022, there's no crisis. 2023, there's no crisis. Suddenly in 2024, they put forward this bill saying there's a crisis and the Republicans don't vote for this bill. It's the Republicans' fault. Well, this bill has a lot of problems in it that will actually incentivize more illegal immigration. They're talking about more than 20 billion additional dollars coming into this. We need to enforce the laws. We need airtight legislation that will force President Biden's hand to enforce the laws on the books. Instead, what we've got is a lot of funding to incentivize, to facilitate more processing of people. And frankly, I think it will tie the hands of the next administration if we were to pass the legislation as it exists right now. So I'm definitely a no on this. That is Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee. And it is very clear that this is a no. What was it that... that uh... It was the headline over at Hot Air, uh, according to Mitch McConnell, everything is dead. Everything is dead. He has moved himself away from this legislation. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He has uh, put himself in a place to say, you know what? This was not my idea. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Um, yeah, guys, it's uh, it's over, Johnny. And there are good reasons why. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, a pleasure. A pleasure to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669 is the number. I'm going to break down a series of the things here, uh, possibly in a way nobody else has. Because I was one of the people who rationally said, everybody screaming and yelling about this legislation before the legislation comes out is out of their mind. You don't know what it means. You haven't read anything. How in the world do you go about trying to to say whether something is worthwhile or not if you haven't read it? It didn't do anybody any good. All it did was, hey, look at me. I'm a real conservative. I'm opposed to this. Real conservative, my ass. If you're not reading first, you're not basing anything on logic. You're not basing anything uh, on, on data. You're basing it on emotion. People who base things on emotions are progressives. So don't sit there and tell me about who the real conservative is. I mean, if you want to get slapped around again, I don't mind doing it. Maybe you'll learn your lesson. Oh, come on. Metaphorically, like any of these people could actually take a punch. It's infuriating. Take the time to read it. Now that you've read it, oh yeah, there are a lot of issues. (laughs) There are. There are a tremendous number of issues to this uh, legislation. 
starting with something that I, I, I feel like uh, after it took a day for people to to get into this. And it is the conversation regarding the 5,000. So if you were to take a look at the at the uh, Twitter feed, the X feed, do you still call it a Twitter feed? I can't keep up. The X feed of, of, of Senator Cinema, you would note that she is very focused on this 5,000 number and that the 5,000 number is about encounters. As a matter of fact, she shared on X a, a local news feed uh, from from Arizona, where she's the senator. Listen. Let's dive a little deeper into those numbers. Many lawmakers who oppose the bill claim that it allows 5,000 people to illegally cross the border a day. But this isn't completely accurate. The bill says if an average of 5,000 claim asylum a day over the course of a week, DHS must stop accepting new claims. Now, any migrants apprehended during the asylum shutdown would then be sent back. Uh, right now, there is no cap, and every person who is apprehended must be processed. In the month of December, an average of 10,000 people were apprehended per day. Yeah, 10,000 people a day is a lot of people a day. But this this number is kind of fascinating. First, it, it discusses, as, as Senator Cinema wants you to know, the idea of encounters. I have yet to see a valuable definition of encounters. What does that mean, encounters? Is that basic dealings? Is that crossings? Is that crossings and claims of asylum? This is from the legislation as well, as Representative Dan Bishop of North Carolina posted it on X. It says, limitation. Aliens described in subsection A2C from non-contiguous countries shall not be included in calculating the sum of aliens encountered. Now, wait a second. Non-contiguous countries. The contiguous countries to the United States are Mexico and Canada. Canada is our hat. Mexico is our neighbor to the south. We don't call it, uh, we don't have a fun euphemism for neighbor to our south. Aliens described from non-contiguous countries shall not be included in calculating the sum of aliens encountered. So now the 5,000 only refers to Canadians and Mexicans? Nah, that can't be right. Well, I would think that that's something that would have to be resolved. It would have to be figured out. Let's go back to Senator Cinema again. And you take a look at what she put on X. And you realize that this states right there, the 5,000 number equals migrants who show up to claim asylum at the border. These folks are detained or under mandatory supervision. She continues, when 4,000 migrants show up, the border may shut. When 5,000 migrants show up to claim asylum, the border must shut. So first, she's the one now creating a larger issue for me. Claiming asylum, 5,000 showing up claiming asylum. What if they don't claim asylum? What if they just run? We have gotaways right now. 
So you only shut the border when 5,000 people claim asylum. At 4,000, you could do it, but 5,000, you have to do it, but only if they make this claim. Again, that creates an issue. But can we now get to the very crux, the meat of the matter, which I know is exactly where you are, because it's exactly where the rational mind is. Let's do this again. Let us listen again. I shouldn't say listen, look at again. What it is, Senator Sinema, one of the architects. You got Senator Sinema, you have Senator Chris Murphy, uh, the Democrat beta male from Connecticut. Oh, do I not like Senator Chris Murphy? And you've got Senator James Langford. And Langford is, is, is taking it on the chin. I think, I think he thought he'd have more people uh, in, in, in his corner. The 5,000 number equals migrants who show up, according to Senator Sinema, to claim asylum at the border. So here's the question. Why in the world is it 5,000? Why, why is that the number? Who decided that should be the number? When did that become an acceptable number? You see people doing this mathematics all the time. I, I shared it yesterday. I pulled out the calculator. If I have 5,000 people and I multiply that by 365 days in a year, that's 1.825 million people. The question before us is, who decided that this was the acceptable number? You know, I can't get past that. I have been going over this, like you, for the past two days. Certainly, I did not make up my mind before the legislation dropped. But I've been going over that number over and over and over again. I have gone over that number every which way but loose. And you know what I can't do? I can't figure out why that number isn't 500. I can't figure out why that number isn't 50. I cannot determine, I cannot explain, I could not share with another human being the rationale that dictates that that number isn't five. Why is it 5,000? When did, when did this become the standard that somehow we're all supposed to just accept? You wanna sell me a piece of legislation that starts with a number that I think is insane and we should also be clear, barbaric. Why do I call it barbaric? Part of what the legislation states is that families, if you have somebody under the age of 18, they can receive an alternative to detention. I think they call it ATD. I think that is the, the proper terminology. But if you are a single-bodied, single able-bodied male, you are going to get turned away. Now, look, I, I, I don't claim an expertise. But I would state that maybe I uh, um, spend a little more time on this than others. Maybe others may spend more time on me. I spend a little more time on this than others. If you state within the legislation 
that someone who is under the age of 18 will be allowed to come into the country. They'll get some alternative uh, to, to detention. If you do this, isn't this stating, isn't this promoting, not stating, isn't this promoting child trafficking? You just told people they can't get in without kids. How many kids are going to get kidnapped from El Salvador, from Nicaragua, from Colombia, from Venezuela? How many children will be kidnapped so some guy who is beating them or raping them all the way through the Darien Gap onto McAllen is going to get into the country? I think you're inviting the problem. It says to me that you are begging for this to happen. I don't know how I'm supposed to defend that. I don't know how this is supposed to be better. And we should be clear about something. There are people out there who are absolutely in favor of this legislation. Let's go back to Senator Cinema. You have got groups all over Arizona that are 100% in favor of this. Let me pull this up again, just so everybody has it. This is the Greater Phoenix Chamber of Commerce, thanking Senator Cinema and those involved in the bipartisan negotiations on the immigration provisions contained in the emergency supplemental funding proposal being considered by the U.S. Senate. The Business Roundtable applauds the bipartisan Senate negotiators for their effort to improve border security and provide critical aid to our allies. The mayor of Casa Grande uh, says uh, that uh, they support this legislation. The governor, Katie Hobbs, who sounds like a Muppet, supports this legislation. John Giles, the mayor of Mesa, which is not too far, a border town of Phoenix, uh, supports this legislation, urging, quote, my Republican colleagues to set aside political games and support essential immigration reform. Why is it that they favor such a thing? Because it'd be foolhardy to say that nobody favors it. They favor it for the same reason that the Border Patrol Union favors the legislation, and they do. They favor it because it's something. And when you have nothing, when you have absolutely horrific morale, when you have uh, people who can't do their job, when you have people who are being completely overwhelmed, this is at least something that might help a bit and i want to be clear that when you when you when you give it a, a basic read it's something that might help a bit right everything sounds very very proactive but as i teach my children if i if, if there is only one lesson um that my kids learn from me, if I if I should pass today, please, uh, uh, please, I don't. I have a lot of things to do tomorrow. Uh, but but if there's one thing I, I, that they have learned from me, I hope they learn that being pretty is more important than being smart. I certainly hope they learn that. But if there's one thing I hope they learn from me, and I have been telling them this since they're children. I mean, before they hit double digits. The only thing in this world 
worse than no deal. You know, you're trying to get a deal. You're trying to get something done. You're trying to get something accomplished. The only thing in this world worse than not having a deal is having a bad deal. Signing a bad deal out of desperation or out of fear or out of being exasperated is worse than having no deal. With no deal, you might be frustrated, but you still have options. With bad deals, you're frustrated and you have no options. The only thing worse than no deal is a bad deal. And I would say to Border Patrol that your frustration is real in a way that maybe the rest of us can't even comprehend. But there are reasons why this doesn't work. And I wanted it to. But it doesn't. And we will keep breaking it down. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. And this is Tony Katz Today. strikes on Iran and yet no one could tell me if any of this was successful so a couple of things Jennifer so first of all on, on your last comment uh, our forces will always maintain the inherent right of self-defense so if they need to take appropriate actions to, to defend themselves they will and you've seen us do that in the past uh, in terms of attacks in Iraq and Syria since we took these strikes on Friday I'm actually only tracking two incidents. Uh, There was one attack on Saturday, um, February the 3rd. That was two rockets that were fired at MSS Euphrates in Syria uh, with no injuries or damage reported. Uh, And then I'm aware of one yesterday, February 4th. This was a a one-way attack drone that landed several kilometers from MSS uh, Green Village. Um, Also in Syria, again, no reported U.S. injuries or damage to those facilities. So what you're telling me there, Pentagon, is that here we are showing our resolve, our steely resolve to Iran after they kill three American soldiers and they're still attacking us. They're still engaged in attacks on U.S. soldiers. As a matter of fact, you don't know of any Iranians that were killed in our attacks. Can you please tell us, did any Iranians die in the attacks on Friday? Uh, so, Laura, as I understand it, uh, CENTCOM is continuing to assess, um, but initial indications are uh, we're not aware of any Iranians killed. But again, we'll continue to analyze, and as we have updates, we'll let you know. Can I ask what the purpose of the strikes were? They're still attacking us, and we didn't take out any of their guard corps. We didn't kill, I don't know, a 1,000 troops. We didn't kill, I don't know, 42 commanders. We didn't, I don't know, get the brother-in-law of the Ayatollah. Nothing? In any military setting, and I look, I, I never served, but I will put myself up against anybody on this one concept. Doesn't matter how many stars the general has. It doesn't matter how many medals they are draped in. Anyone in the military, I will take on on one subject and one subject alone, but I won't have to because there will be agreement. The most important thing in a military and military leadership is the will to destroy the enemy. Now, I'm not saying that you will be able to. I am saying that you have to have the willingness 
You have to actually go out there and say, we're going to destroy the enemy. And without the will, without willpower, without that, you don't have anything. You don't have anything. You have no shot. You have no chance. You have no hope. That's how I feel about our leadership. They just don't have the will. This is Tony Katz today. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. turns out has cancer he went to go see the doctor that's what it was uh prostate cancer tony katz tony katz today so he's had to pull back from his um uh, official duties and then toby keith gone at the age of 62 stomach cancer i did not know i guess this was something that was in the know and i I, I, I guess I hadn't paid a, a attention to it. I had absolutely no idea, none, uh, that this was was, was happening. Uh, Toby Keith, uh, Red Solo Cup. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there are many other songs, but that one, that one is Red Solo Cup. It just it, it sticks with you. It's catchy. Um, gone at sixty two. That's just that is a baby. That you want a crazy story. Uh, for a generation, I think for Gen X, this might be of, of, uh, consequence, something, something to give one pause. James Gandolfini, the Sopranos, Tony Soprano, he died of a heart attack at the age of 51. This, now this was years ago, right? This was 2013. He'd be, he'd be 62 today. 51. Did I, I, I guess I never put it together, and I came across that stat today. I was looking at some of these other things about Toby Keith and what have you. I was like, oh, man. Whoo. That's... Might have to do some extra push-ups. That's a, that's a rough one right there. Janet Yellen is speaking in front of a House committee, and she wants you to know that everything in the economy is great and wonderful and, and, and perfect, so much so that we should keep it this way by ensuring that we keep our investments up. And, you know, investing in China is very important. Why do we want to, is there a national purpose in encouraging Americans to invest in Chinese equities that you're aware of? Because I'm not. Well, I mean, in general, I think our, the view has been that both inward and outward investment are 
economically beneficial. It there's certainly I, I, I want to move on cases. to another issue. But there can it, be cases encouraging the building of the Chinese economy is not thought by most members of Congress to be a good use of of federal funds. That's actually Democrat Brad Sherman uh, out of the Los Angeles area, so uh, San Fernando Valley, uh, Porter Ranch. Um, well, at least he was. Maybe his district has been moved by now. Janet Yellen can't say out loud we shouldn't invest in China. Now, is that, wait for a ho, 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 whoa. Is that a, a conversation about how one engages a fellow quote-unquote power and you, you try and make nice? You try not to be too insulting? You try not to slap them in the face too hard? Or is that an actual belief from the Secretary of the Treasury? That, yeah, you invest in China. What's the big deal? Brad Sherman playing the part of the tough guy there is kind of funny. But, yes, Congress is fully aware we should not be supportive of investment in China because the kinds of investments that would go into China aren't from Joe Blow down the street who's sitting there at his computer doing some day trading. No, the fear is that it's going to be everybody who works over at XYZ plant and the person running their pension has decided that money should go into Evergrande or Country Garden. These real estate concerns in China that are going belly up. Evergrande has already been liquidated by a Hong Kong court and I assume Country Grand or, or, or Country Garden, uh, it, while they're going to desperately try to avoid this, maybe not. It was Charles Payne of Fox Business who stated on the program that the reason... The reason that China did not save Evergrande, Evergrande is one of these groups, $418 billion worth of debt. They've defaulted on They've had $80 billion worth of losses. They were the ones building all these ghost cities because China pushed for construction, infrastructure construction. Give people jobs. Show everybody how strong you are. Well, eventually, you've built all the airports you're going to build. There are areas and regions of China with, with a, 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 a per capita income of less than $5,000 a year. They've got seven airports. What are, you, what are you talking about? For what reason would you have seven airports? What the hell is this? I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Fantastic place, by the way. Come visit. Bring friends. There's one airport. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple of regional airports. You go to Zionsville. You go to Fishers. You go, what's the other one? The other one out out east. Can't remember that. But you 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 got one international airport. You want another one? You could drive up to Fort Wayne. Drive down to Louisville. Drive over to Cincinnati. You could drive up to O'Hare if you want to live that hellscape. One. Chicago. Two. People forget Midway. Seven in a place where people can't afford rice or soybeans or, or anything else. That's a problem. And yes, China, what's just happening in China is, is the same thing that happens in Japan for like three decades, which is um, uh, the idea of stagflation. Nothing's moving anywhere. Everything is just men. That's the way it's going to be in China for a while. 
So if you have some pension uh, fund fool deciding that this is where they're going to invest, that is super dangerous for American citizens who are relying on this money. That would be like somebody investing based on ESG, environmental social governance. Well, that's nonsense. You don't invest on somebody's woke culture. You invest on whether or not they bring a return. But the ESG people, whether it be led by BlackRock or anybody else, want you to invest on all these other types of, of, of qualities. As a matter of fact, they don't put in those pension dollars until you do X and you do Y as a company or you do Z. That is brutal, despicable. Low class, to hell with them. And of course, cities, and I should say states, and the federal government should outlaw this kind of nonsense. They have a responsibility, and the responsibility is not some woke culture nonsense. The responsibility is to the person saying, okay, you're managing my retirement. Make sure I can retire. That's where the responsibility is. Janet Yellen is not engaged here in any level of responsibility. But Jerome Powell is. Talking about the chairman of the Federal Reserve, whom I, I, I think it was 60 Minutes he was on. I think he's talking to Scott Pelley. That's what I think, if I remember correctly. Because I'm just taken by the words of Jerome Powell, who decided that honesty matters. And he even says, look, it's not my job to get into the politics. And then he gets into the politics. We mostly try very hard not to comment on fiscal policy and, and uh, you know, instruct Congress on how to do their job when actually they have oversight over us. But is the national debt a danger to the economy, in your view? In the long run, the U.S. is on an unsustainable fiscal path. The U.S. federal government is on an unsustainable fiscal path. And that just means that the debt is growing faster than the economy. I have the sense this worries you very much. Over the long run, of course it does. You know, we're effectively, we're borrowing from future generations. It's time for us to get back to putting a priority on fiscal sustainability. And, and sooner is better than later. Well then, that's something. That we are on an unsustainable path is something that you agree with. By the way, the Dow is up 103, the NASDAQ is down 49. We agree with this. 100% we agree with this. I am just amazed to hear Jerome Powell say it. I'm amazed that there is an honesty happening in this situation. But I won't be amazed that nothing will come of this. There will be no changes. There will be no maneuvers to uh, limiting spending, uh, to uh, bettering growth and limiting uh, expenditures uh, to, to bring down debt. Absolutely, positively none. Zero. Less than zero. No changes will come at all. And I think that is that is the story. But l- compare it to what you were hearing from Janet Yellen, who won't even state quite clearly, no, you don't invest in China. What are you out of your mind? What are you what are you surreal? You don't invest in China. You gotta be blank and crazy to invest in China. She won't even say that. She won't even say that. Uh, by the way, because I always think it's important to uh, bring up uh, the the recall stuff, Honda right now in a recall. 
750,000 vehicles getting recalled because of of uh, airbags. You know, there was a whole recall um, the, the other day. It was from Toyota. But it was talking about like 2004 RAV4s and Corollas. I'm like, what? 2004? Turns out the, 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 the recall actually said, if you have one of these vehicles, don't drive it. Do not operate it. Don't come to the dealership. We'll come to you. Don't even drive it. The airbags can explode, and shrapnel can hurt or kill you or your passengers. That was the that was that was the messaging. Jeepers! This right here is a defect a defect involving the airbag, which could deploy unintentionally during a a crash, and that it is the front passenger seat weight sensor can crack and short circuit. Uh, that's also true if you're really, really, really fat. <sighs> Go on. Send your emails. Go on. Go on. Send them. Uh, in a uh, certain Honda Pilot Accord and Civic vehicles from 2020 to 2022 and some Honda CRV and Passport vehicles from the 2020 and 2021 model years. So that is happening. Uh, I have got the update on President Trump and immunity. Because the court has made a decision, and the court's decision is not where it ends. (laughs) Guaranteed. Because the appeals court has rejected the immunity claim. I'll discuss what it means. That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. I got reminded during the break, as we do some live, uh, that I have not shared the Chip Roy audio. And the Chip Roy audio is extremely important because the people who are screaming, Trump doesn't want this border deal, and that's why Republicans are turning it down. Um, You all sound crazy. Desperate. um, Weak. Sad. Anti-intellectual indecent um oh and uh and as if somehow you are all uh part of a hive mind it's super weird it's uh, i do not like it when star trek comes to life always freaks me out then again i'm the guy who has a bio on x that says there are four lights tony katz tony katz today find it all at tonycats.com i greatly appreciate it if you would Here is the statement from President Trump regarding immunity. Um, This right here has to do with the fact that the appeals court has rejected Trump's immunity claim. He was trying to make the claim that you can't, you can't hold me accountable and say that I broke the law when I was president. You're, You sound ridiculous. I'm immune from that. Uh, The federal appeals court ruled uh, that you absolutely could charge him in in this regard. This is going to go to 
the Supreme Court. It's, it's, it's where it's going. This is his statement. If immunity is not granted to a president, every future president, this is how it reads, who leaves office will be immediately indicted by the opposing party without complete immunity. This is attributed to Stephen Chung, uh, the Trump campaign spokesman. Without complete immunity, a president of the United States would not be able to properly function. Deranged Jack Smith, to which I'm not saying he's not deranged. Deranged Jack Smith's prosecution of President Trump for his presidential official acts is unconstitutional under the doctrine of presidential immunity and the separations of powers. The separation of powers. Prosecuting a president for official acts violates the Constitution and threatens the bedrock of our republic. President Trump respectfully disagrees with the D.C. Circuit's decision and will appeal it in order to safeguard the presidency and the Constitution. Now, I love the fact that he respectfully disagrees while saying, how dare you do anything like this? Don't you know anything about the Constitution, you giant dopes? It's a a great line right there. Uh, Of course, this is going to the Supreme Court, and I think that is part of the reason for uh, the rejection from the appeals court. Didn't matter what they said. This was something that was going to go to the Supreme Court. Now, what is fascinating is that, remember, this is the trial that's being headed by the Judge Tanya Chutkin. Judge Chutkin has already postponed the trial indefinitely because Jack Smith is trying to get some rulings in his favor from the Supreme Court before it begins, was expecting the Supreme Court to move quickly. You heard Merrick Garland say that Jack Smith is looking for a for a speedy trial. Who the hell is Jack Smith, the special counsel, who, by the way, is a guy with a history of his own? Who is he to look for a speedy trial? Speedy trial is for the, 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 the accused, is for the defendant, not for the people bringing the case. They don't have any right to a speedy trial. Only the defendant doesn't. The defendant doesn't want it. The defendant doesn't have to have it. So he went to the Supreme Court because Trump was going to try and delay and said, hey, figure this out about whether or not he could be charged. And the Supreme Court said, sure, we'll get around to it. Well, getting around to it means getting around to it so much so that the judge, Tanya Chutkin, has said we will indefinitely postpone until the Supreme Court makes a decision. Now you're about to have the Supreme Court making a couple of decisions. That's what you're going to have. Supreme Court is going to make a couple of decisions, which means this case will not happen right before Super Tuesday, like those who want to engage in election interference wanted. And no matter what you think about Trump, to bring a case the day before Super Tuesday is election interference from beginning to end. We go from here. I'm Tony Katz. Raise a spoon to Grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, 
and everything in between. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We have made the argument here on this show repeatedly over and over again that the border is the most important subject in America. Nothing comes close. It remains so. The most important story in America. But now it has a a fascinating new wrinkle. This bipartisan legislation from Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma, Republican, Senator Chris Murphy, a beta male, Connecticut. Sorry, but not sorry. And Senator Kirsten Sinema, so-called independent of Arizona. This legislation that they've put forth is, well, interesting. And I think that there are a great number of people who are not discussing the fact that there is a, a consideration in here that is kind of hard to fathom that the Democratic Party would have engaged three years ago. Because three years ago, they told us the border was fine. And two years ago, they told us the border was fine. And a year ago, they told us the border was fine. And six months ago, they told us the border was fine. And two months ago, they told us the border was fine. And now, all of a sudden, the border is terrible, and it's all Republicans' fault. That's that's just precious. Somebody want to debate that with me? Argue that with me? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. You can reach out on the X or or any place where we're streaming. Uh, and when I say this, it's because I get comments like this from Ernest, that Trump wants to run on border security and shut down the bill. Trump wants to run on border security and shut down the bill. Trump can run on border security, and he doesn't need the bill shut down or not. Because Trump would understand that as president of the United States, he would have the ability to control immigration policy. Trump doesn't need legislation to engage remain in Mexico. He's the guy who said remain in Mexico. Trump does not need legislation to build a wall. He at least started. And we should be clear that Border Patrol wants the wall. They want it because what it does is it doesn't stop a soul. When you get to the southern border and you you realize that you see the wall, you're like, it's there. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. It's, it's not a wall, it's a fence because fence is better. You want to see what's coming from the other side. And, and, and you look at this and you realize, wait a second. That's not where the border for Mexico is. Wait, a, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. The border for Mexico is the Rio Grande. I was down in McAllen, Texas. Wait a second. Wait a second. What is this? We cross through the border fence to get to the Rio Grande? What the? You realize that the border wall is on U.S. soil and you lose your mind. You freak out. You're like, everything I've been told is a complete and total lie. Uh, we have videos uh, of this. If you follow me on Rumble or on uh, YouTube at Tony Katz, uh, you you will you will see the videos that we've done uh, on this subject are going down to the border. The wall does not stop anybody. The wall slows people down so apprehensions can occur. 
the wall is an ability to ensure you know who's coming into the country, which is an extremely important thing to be able to do. Trump did not need legislation like this in order to move about a wall, a wall that is smart, a wall that makes sense, and a wall uh, that people, whether it be like Ernest, who left me a comment, or many other people, and I'm not, I can't speak for Ernest here, uh, were probably opposed to and said didn't work. You, it's a 50-foot wall. You just build a 51-foot ladder. <laughs> that is that is a uh, hatred of the Border Patrol and a hatred of a nation. Failing to understand its purpose failing to understand its value. And now all of a sudden, you want what's in the legislation, which is so weird because one of the things this legislation put forth from the so-called bipartisan group is the recognition that we do have a border and borders need to be protected. And I have no idea how that is going to play amongst the progressive left. Is anybody gonna ask this question? Why is it always left to us, guys? Why are we always the ones who ask the question that nobody else will ask? We're asking the question nobody else has thought of yet. Has anybody asked how the progressive left responds to this? Well, let me give you a let me give you a, a hint. Let me give you a hint on how the progressive left has responded to this. Because as you have noticed, there's been no response at all. There's been there's been kind of a silence from the progressive left. There's been kind of a kind of a calm from the progressive left. Why? Why has there been a calm from Representative Ocasio-Cortez or Representative Ilhan Omar or, or Representative Pramila Jayapal from Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Why has there been a calm? Why, why hasn't there been a screaming about xenophobia? Why not? How, how is it possible that the political left hasn't said, how dare you think you have a border worth protecting? We need open borders and people get unfettered mobility. That's something that Representative Ocasio-Cortez has said before. My God, we shouldn't even be a country. How is it possible that the political left seemingly, when it comes to this idea of, of uh, you know declaring that there's a border and, and borders should be protected, how are they over it? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Senator Blutarski has a point. This is Al Sharpton. Calm down. I was trying to think what music I should play for, for Al Sharpton. I had nothing good. That's not bad. That's not bad. This is Al Sharpton. I want you to hear him in his own words. It comes at the end. Wait for it. 
And what is being done to uh, get the public uh, to really uh, rise up in various states to say to their senators that they want to see the borders, uh, the border issue resolved? I mean, you're getting migrants beating up policemen in the streets in New York. You're seeing an influx of migrants all over the country that frankly have people outraged and couldn't there be some kind of public pressure put in the next couple of days in some of these senator states saying, why are you allowing this to continue? Because at the end of the day, senators have to deal with their voters. And at the same time, it, uh, in the bill, you give uh, uh, money to Gaza, to, to, to civilians in Gaza and Israel. But the border, I mean, we're looking every day at the invasion of migrants and they're playing a time game with politics on this. Couldn't that pressure put to bear in their home? Did Al Sharpton just say that there's an invasion of migrants? Al Sharpton, that's right. You agree with Al Sharpton. Sorry, you do, though. You agree with Al Sharpton. Why isn't the left totally outraged with Reverend Al? Why aren't they disgusted? Why aren't they saying more? Is it possible that the reason that the left is not engaged in outrage, not only from their political set, from their activist set, but from their activist set as well, is because they know that this legislation, A, is never going to happen. Maybe they know that this legislation, even if it didn't happen, wouldn't be enacted. If you're going to tell me how this is going to reduce the amount of people coming into the country, how this is going to keep NGOs, non-governmental organizations, from teaching people how to lie about asylum status, that would upset them. That would bother them. This is what we've been told for years. And all of a sudden we got nothing. And I and I would like to know why we have nothing. I have got the normal chatter, the human garbage conversations of the Republicans aren't serious about uh, border security. By the way, if we were all serious about border security, we would never have funding for Ukraine or Israel within this. I support Israel. And I support funding Ukraine. I think we should send them bullets. I know people disagree with me on, on, on this subject. But agree or disagree on those things, those things should be separate pieces of legislation having nothing to do with the border. The border should be standalone. It should be its own conversation and its own legislation not tied to funding these other things. And if, if uh, Langford and Cinema and beta male Senator Murphy were in favor and felt uh, so strongly about their border bill, they wouldn't put these other things in there. Money for Taiwan? I'm not opposed to money for Taiwan. It's a separate piece of legislation that has no place in a conversation about the southern border. But yet they add that in there. And for guys like me, even if I wanted to say, well, it's a start on the border, which I, I'm, I don't think it is, because I think it's a bad deal versus no deal, uh, I, I, I would absolutely be a no based on these other things. So now somebody's a no based on the spending, 
and uh, uh, on these other subjects, and now they're opposed to security? Look, uh, Congressman Thomas Massey clearly has an issue with Israel. I've said it. I've meant it. It's super weird. But that he won't vote for this legislation because he doesn't think Israel funding should be in there. All of a sudden, he favors an open border? That's super weird. And that's really wrong. You can go after Massey for his issues with Israel because I certainly will, and I'll do so without a moment's hesitation. No funding for any other nation should be involved in a bill regarding the southern border. I just think that's a standard. But the commentaries we get are not about why the left is in outrage. No, we get this. Trump wants to run on border security and shut down the bill. Huh. Well, that's a, that's a talking point. And it's a valueless one. And the guy who best sums it up is Congressman Chip Roy. Chip Roy is out of Texas, and I don't always agree with, uh, with Congressman Chip Roy. But when uh, the Trump supporters were calling him uh, a simp and not really a conservative, because he backed Ron DeSantis in the primary, um, I always thought that those people were out of their heads and nuts. I mean, ridiculous. Look at, look at me. My eyes are right here. Ridiculous. You should be embarrassed embarrassed about that kind of, of of commentary. But here's Chip Roy addressing the issues with the border bill and specifically this idea that the Republican Party is only doing this because Trump. First of all, the, uh, the reality is the backdrop here is really important. Uh, we have... Uh, Ukraine funding as a big part of this $118 billion bill, $60 billion for Ukraine, as well as some other foreign aid, uh, none of which is paid for. And then you slap in $20 billion of border funding tied to legislation that we find to be problematic. We find it to be problematic on multiple levels. We believe that it is perpetuating the mass migration that this administration has been advancing under Secretary Mayorkas and under President Biden. Um, We see that in the numbers. We see that in what we're looking at when we look at the bill, you know, $4 billion to hire asylum officers to basically process people. These are not going to be conservative hires, right? They're working close hand in hand with the United Nations, NGOs. Speaking of that, another $1.4 billion to NGOs who have been running people up through the southern border. And to then put this sort of magical trigger at 5,000, which is basically about a 1.8 million number for the year. Now, I know they say that's encounters, but the fact is my orcas has been releasing about 85 to 90 percent of these folks into the country. We're getting hammered in Texas. Uh, this is not going to solve the problem. And by the way, on the political front, I think, you know, and 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 the viewers of this show know, I mean, it's not like I was, you know, running around stumping for President Trump out in Iowa earlier this yeah. you know, this last month. I'm not waiting for him to tell me what to do. I'm in Texas. I need a solution now. This bill would not be a solution. Well, it would actually make it worse by uh, cementing uh, the bad policies into law. That's uh, Caitlin Collins. He was talking to there on uh, Caitlin Collins on CNN. I'll, I have a whole CNN thing that I'll, that I'll get to. Um. The idea that Republicans are doing this because Trump wants it is one of the weakest and most pathetic arguments that exists out there. It's simply nonsense. It's a garbage argument. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't some member of Congress who has done exactly that. 
It means that if you think that as a party, the response to this is all, well, what will Trump do? You don't have it. But let's go the other way with it just for the sake of the conversation. Let's say it's exactly how it went. It's exactly how it went. Totally how it went. Trump said no and everybody said no. What would be the difference between that and the Democratic Party? Where are the outliers in the Democratic Party? Where are the people who stand up and say, yeah, I'm not for that? Oh, that's right. It was Senator Sinema and Senator Manchin. And what did the Democrats do? Viscerally attacked them daily. Followed them into bathrooms. Made it so they couldn't run, at least in Manchin's case, for re-election. If you step out of line. So when you sit there and tell me that Republicans are doing this just because of Trump. Dear Lord, the entirety of the Democratic Party is predicated on moving on the same foot at the same time. Uh, you know, all deference to Madeleine Kahn in history of the world. It was Madeleine Kahn, right? Democrats do this every single day. So why would Republicans, why do they have to be any different? I just think that they happen to be in this case. No matter how much it upsets those people who want to be about talking points and not about data. This, this border deal is dead. That seems pretty obvious. I'm Tony Katz. And then there were two stories that caught my eye. One of, wait a second, I I didn't think they were doing this. And one of, oh, that's a problem. This first one was about Toyota investing $1.3 billion into the state of Kentucky to produce all electric vehicles. What the hell are they doing? I am not anti-electric vehicle. I am certainly anti-government force of electric vehicles. Toyota has been clear that the market doesn't want this forced on them, and the market's been clear that while they don't want necessarily all electric all the time, that's a, it's a very segmented part of the population, they're super into hybrids. People will do hybrids. Well, this is what Toyota does. And this is what Toyota does pretty dang well. Why would they why would they move themselves into in into this other thing? And then it's this. This kids is the story. Credit card delinquency surged in 2023. Credit card debt up more than 50% in 2023 as total consumer debt is now 17.5 trillion. Total debt rising by $212 billion in the quarter. A 1.2% increase. 3.6% higher than a year ago. Kids. Kids. Don't tell me that the economy is okay. This is super bad. The debt on credit cards was $1.08 trillion. And now... It's 1.13. You are about to see people say, no thanks. 
You're about to see people say, I can't pay. You're about to see people say, oh, well, at least they got the new TV. At least they got the new shoes. Everything about this report tells me that the whole concept that we've been going over about doom spending, real. Real. Credit card auto loans, delinquencies rising above pre-pandemic levels. This economy is not okay. It is only getting worse. This is Tony Katz today. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I submit to you here and now without any reservation and without any willingness to try and deceive or or obfuscate, I declare to you that I am not a doctor. Although I've got really good doctor music. I just didn't know Doogie Hauser, in and of itself uh, could make one a physician. Because if if that's true, it's a trap. I am also an astronaut. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Become a supporter. Become a subscriber. I would greatly appreciate it very much. I mean, my gosh, if just having music would make one an expert, I am also... Uh, and 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 very very uh, proudly, a star of the German music scene. <laughs> like the David Hasselhoff of my generation. No, I I bring up not being a doctor for a reason. I. I'm not here to diagnose with any level of specificity or accuracy President Joe Biden. What I'm saying is what many people have said. He is not okay. What I am saying is that you can only have so many of these moments where he misspeaks that you're allowed to just brush off before you realize we're going to ask some serious questions. To understand this conversation, you must know who Francois Mitterrand was. I like the way I say that. I've been, I've been practicing. Francois Mitterrand was uh, the president of France for a- a- almost two decades. Was it 16 years? 16 years. He was the president 
of 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 France. He was succeeded by Jacques Chirac. So in terms of being more in in the in 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 the more uh, commonplace or, or the more modern history, that's who he is. That's who he is. That's how you may know his name. So the reason you bring up Mitterrand as the president of France is because of this commentary by President Biden when he was talking, was he talking to some union folk or wherever, wherever, wherever he is? And I want you to hear it for yourself. And we're going to break this down. You know, I, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Now, let's break this down into its two component parts, part the first and part the second that will all get us to the same place. Some of you already know where I'm going. Don't ruin it for everybody else. Let's start with part the one. You know, I, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. It was, in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. When you hear this, it is clear that Joe Biden is setting up a timeline. He was president of the United States saying America is back. So this clearly had to be 2021. At the very earliest, this was 2021. January of 2021, if not February of 2021. That's the earliest this could be. He has set this up as this G7 meeting. I don't recall the meeting uh, that he says that he's talking about here because, well, that's what gets set up by the second part. Listen. It was in it was in the south of England, and I sat down and I said, "America's back." And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, "said You know, what? Why? How, how long are you back for?" There are a great number of things here that one could take from this, starting with it's a terrible story. Poorly delivered. How long are you back for? He stumbled over that punchline over and over and hit it wrong and did it wrong. And one could just excuse that as he's just a poor storyteller. One could note that he referred to Mitterrand as uh, the president of Germany and then corrected himself in France. He doesn't remember where Francois Mitterrand is, is, is from. And one could excuse such a thing. But one cannot excuse that Francois Mitterrand died in 1996. And the president of the United States just told you he met with him and told him this story three years ago. He was cogent enough to correct himself regarding Germany and France. No, 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 not in charge of of Germany, in charge of France but not to recognize that there was no way he was talking to Mitterrand? That even if we were to argue that he was speaking to Emmanuel Macron, 
the current president of France. Here in the, I believe we're in the Fifth Republic of France. That's who he had to be speaking to. It wasn't Francois Hollande. You go back uh, to, to 2012, who was garbage. It wasn't, it wasn't Nicolas Sarkozy, who was uh, certainly an interesting study of, of, a, of a guy. It was Chirac before him and Mitterrand before him. I am stating with clarity that Joe Biden is not okay. And anybody who wants to say otherwise is lying through their damn teeth. And anybody who wants to make the case, well, what about Trump? That's not an argument. That is deflection from the reality that Joe Biden is not okay. Joe Biden doesn't know who he spoke to. Joe Biden cannot tell the story. Also, the story never happened. And anybody who now wants to question me any further at all about the idea that Joe Biden is not going to be on the ballot is out of their damn minds. Don't get me wrong. I accept the idea that it is remarkably, remarkably difficult to get a sitting president off the ballot. It is very, very difficult to try and tell the sitting president of the United States you don't get to run again. I would argue it is near impossible, impossible to do. Joe Biden thinks he's talking to dead people. Joe Biden is Haley Joel Osmond. Yes, I know Saturday Night Live tried to make that joke about Nikki Haley. It didn't work. When I do it, it's gold people. Who are we kidding here? Who in the world Are we kidding here? You don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to have any medical training. You never once had to watch Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. If you don't own Neosporin, you can still note with clarity that Joe Biden is not okay. That Joe Biden is suffering from issues. That Joe Biden does not have the mental capacity to be president of the United States. Joe Biden thinks he had has had conversations recently with people who've been dead for 30 years. So what's the plan? Oh, but Trump? Take your butt Trump argument and shove it. It is a nonsense, garbage, ridiculous, pathetic, embarrassing argument hello hey sir i was just talking about you and i was just saying that people who want to say that you're missing a step or two have nothing to say when they won't talk about joe biden notice i didn't say that you can't talk about president trump and confusing nikki haley for nancy pelosi yeah that's that's a problem uh a counter argument at least they're both still alive They both start with the letter N. The second letter is a vowel. I mean, you'd have to be grasping at straws to go down this road, but one could. There is no road to go down for Joe Biden. And any argument of but Trump is a pathetic argument, and the people who engage that are pathetic. So I want to speak to them directly for a minute. Understand when I say you, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to them. If you're one of these people 
who when taking a look at Joe Biden's clear mental issues, you say, but Trump, you're pathetic. You're a dope. You're a fool. You're ignorant. You are unworthy of being an American citizen. You need to grow up and you need to get your head out of wherever it is you've planted your head. You're just wrong. Why don't you stop? Don't sit there and send me messages on X or Facebook. Leave ridiculous messages. Delete gone goodbye. You're just wrong. That is all. There is actually nothing else to discuss. The rational mind must state that Joe Biden is not okay. And that is a danger for the country, for us all. No one gives a good holy damn about your politics. Your politics is, I have to destroy Republicans. My politics are, the republic must remain. There's a difference between us. And clearly, once you understand that difference, I'm right and you are out of your head and dangerous. Just stop, that's all. Just stop being out of your head and dangerous. I have made the argument that Joe Biden will be replaced at the convention. I believe the argument should be that Joe Biden needs to be replaced now. Not now I go on to another subject. Joe Biden needs to be replaced now. OMG, are you kidding me right now? Nope. Tony, you realize that would mean President Kamala Harris. Oh God! Yep, I absolutely positively do. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Now, that was just a little rude. That was not necessary. I understand what it means, and I am saying we are here. A vicious mother, isn't he? We are here. The nation actually has to be protected. And don't get me wrong. Kamala Harris is a fool. Kamala Harris is a child she lacks a decent mind. She lacks good policy. She sounds like this. <laughs> but Joe Biden doesn't know where he is and he's talking to dead people. That's, that's not a, I'm not trying to tell a joke. I am saying that this is over. And we cannot continue to go down this road. You want to explain to me how it would be better politically if Trump was going against Biden because we're all going to assume that Trump's going to get the nomination? Yeah, yeah, I see that. I understand that you might say that. I'm not interested in the politics. I'm interested in the survival of the nation. And the guy right now with his finger on the nuclear button is talking to dead people. Can I help you? We're really... We're really going to say, yeah, but can't we just wait? No, I don't think we can. I don't think we can wait at all. I was in, I was in the south of England, and I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, why, why, how long are you back for? A terrible joke, poorly delivered by a guy who thinks that a man who's been dead for 30 years is alive. And you're going to tell me we shouldn't make that switch right now? Because 
of your politics? I'm sorry, that's nuts. That is nuts. That is dangerous. That is ridiculous. You want to play those odds. You feel free. You're out of your mind. The left is out of their minds. They're going to go about, whether it's ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, the rest, they're going to go about like nothing's wrong. Everything is wrong with this guy. He doesn't know where he is. He's a danger to himself. He's a danger to others. He gets the presidential daily briefing at 11 o'clock in the morning. What the hell is he doing at the hours of 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and 10 a.m.? What is he doing? Exactly what gets pumped into him to get him awake? What does it take for him to wake up? How many cups of coffee? How many B12 shots? Lord only knows what they're giving him. You bet your ass I'm asking that question. How dare I? How dare you think that somehow this is normal? I'm interested in the republic. I'm interested in the survival of the nation. And that guy, Joe Biden, cannot lead. And we better do something about it before it hurts us. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. We were certainly better off under Trump. We need him back again for four more years. But more importantly, President Biden undid the successful measures that Trump put in place. If you can undo them, you can put them back again. So President Biden does not need legislative action to secure our border. That is simply a lie to the American people. What President Biden needs is intestinal fortitude to go ahead and do his job right now. He could restore the remaining in Mexico policy. Instead of going towards catch and release, instead of allowing 5,000 illegal immigrants a day, which is about 1.8 million a year, why not finish the wall, secure our border, double the number of agents down there, and make America safer under his presidency? That is a very acceptable response from Senator Tim Scott, who is clearly a no. The no's on this legislation are all over the place, and they, and they are not wrong, as we've been making uh, the, the, the argument. I mean, what was it? Uh, Mitch McConnell, everything is dead? That was the story over at hotair.com. I just love that quote so much. I mean, but that's the way it is. And and Democrats will say, well, Republicans don't want to, uh, you know, uh, secure the border. It's a hard argument to make when you tie it to Ukraine funding. If the border was the thing on your mind, progressive left, you'd make this just about the border. But you made it about funding about Ukraine and Israel and NGOs and all sorts of things. And it undercuts your argument. I don't see any way this bill, as is, moves forward. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Live 
from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Donald Trump's immunity claim getting a frosty reception, some say, in court, a federal appeals court, three judges, skeptical, they seem, of arguments that he's making that he's immune to criminal charges in the election interference case against him because he was president at the time. That has gone from skepticism, Brian Kilmeade, uh, to a ruling. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's how you get to be a part of the show. He is not immune from prosecution. This, according to the Federal Appeals Court, I have the ruling right in front of me. This cause came on to be heard on the record on appeal from the United States District Court for the District of Columbia and was argued by counsel. On consideration thereof, it is ordered and adjudged that the order of the district court appealed from in this cause be affirmed in accordance with the opinion of the court herein this date. Uh, Translation of that, that the U.S. Court of Appeals considered Trump's claim of presidential immunity from prosecution for his actions in office and have said, uh, no, 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 we're going to rule with the other court here. We are going uh, to uphold this, that you are not immune. And um, Supreme Court, here we come. Supreme Court, here we come. Now, there there are a couple of things uh, in, in, in here that I think are, are worth noting and, and worth remembering. Uh, number one, even if you were to argue that the president doesn't have immunity from on, prosecution on criminal charges, you still have to go about proving the criminal charge. You have to prove the thing. And that has not happened. The people who go out there and make the claim that Trump did X, Y, and Z, it doesn't matter what they say. That's what they say. What about proving it? What about actual proof of what they did? You want to argue that Trump started an insurrection? Go prove it. That's going to be kind of hard to do when you realize that Trump wasn't there. He wasn't at the Capitol. He was not anywhere near it. And he is on video saying, go home. Now, you might not think it's enough. And for the record, I don't think he acted quickly enough, and I don't think he did enough. I've said that before. You don't have to like Mike Pence. It doesn't matter to me if, if you do. The man is not a traitor. The man is not a fraud. He is not a criminal. He doesn't deserve to be in prison. He had no ability to overturn election results. He had no ability to send them back. It's totally ceremonial, just like everything else with the vice presidency. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves on this. But the idea that the vice president is under threat because people are entering the Capitol and the president isn't moving heaven and earth to make sure that he's safe, sorry, I'm not down with that. And if you think it's, well, got what he deserved, man, you and I have a much different view on liberty, which is to say you don't have a view on liberty. You don't. It's, it's, it's radical what you think. The rules get applied 
even when you don't like what's happening. Now, if you say to me, well, Tony, these people are trying to take over the country and it wasn't a fair election, you will not get me to disagree that there are plenty of issues. You won't. But can I say it's been three and a half years and you haven't done anything to fix anything? The RNC sure as hell hasn't. Wait till they get played again. Well, this was it. We had to go in there and we had to stop this from happening. Well, then, you suck at revolutions. I mean, suck. Your best shot was a guy dressed like a centaur? People like to talk about the Viking helmet. They always forget the pants. Sorry, that's unserious in my view. Unserious, if I'm being asked. Can the president be charged or prosecuted for criminal activity? Well, I, I think it's, it's certainly very, very possible. This, however, is just an appeals court. Saying in the 57-page opinion, quote, we have balanced former President Trump's asserted interest in executive immunity against the vital public interests that favor allowing this prosecution to, to proceed. It continues, and I quote, we conclude that concerns of public policy, especially as illuminated by our history and the structure of our government, compel the rejection of his claim of immunity in this case. I don't know if they're right about that. For the purpose of this criminal case, former President Trump has become citizen Trump with all the defenses of any other criminal defendant. Now you can see where it's and why it would go to the Supreme Court. They continue, but any executive immunity that may have protected him while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. That's, whoa, whoa, whoa. If the action that took place happened while he was president, well, wouldn't that have some bearing in the situation on the situation i mean what what they're saying is it doesn't matter what we say this is my take it doesn't matter what we say you know you're gonna take it to the supreme court anyway so go ahead go ahead and take it to the supreme court best of luck best of luck so the lawyers had uh when they were arguing this to uh, judge tanya chutkin they said that Trump has, quote, absolute immunity from prosecution because the charges relate to official acts performed while he was president. This is the same judge, by the way, that has delayed the trial indefinitely because of the Supreme Court ruling on other things. And, and they're, they're waiting for it. Jack Smith wanted to bring it to the Supreme Court. He's the special uh, counsel in this case, a, a shady cat based on the history there. And, and so it went to, went to SCOTUS, and uh, who knows when SCOTUS is going to make this decision. Now we'll have another case that's going to go to SCOTUS. All right. Let them decide, and then we can see where it moves forward. What matters here, if you're the Trump supporter, what matters here, and, and by the way, if you're a Trump hater, feel free. I mean, it's weird, but okay. Um, is that this case is not going to be heard on the day before Super Tuesday. And those on the left who wanted the election interference, which all this is, this could have happened two years ago. This is election interference. Uh, they're not going to get their wish. They're not going to get their wish. This is not going to happen before Super Tuesday. It may still screw with the election. Certainly they're going to try. But this delay, this delay is helpful to Trump in his run for president, and it's going to anger the left to no end. And, and for that alone, okay, if the left is angry, I, I sleep fine. 
like a baby, like a baby with a binky and a bottle and a clean diaper. That just got weird. I sleep fine. What's the Supreme Court going to do? Oh, hell if I know. Uh, my advice is get some bourbon because one of the things that is true, decisions on subjects like this are going to have repercussions down the road. You're answering the question of whether or not a president can be held criminally liable. That might apply to other things and, I don't know, might have ramifications we haven't even thought about yet. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night I've been trying to determine the fallout of Congresswoman Victoria Sparks getting back in the race in the 5th District in Indiana. That's north of Indianapolis. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find it all at TonyKatz.com. It happens to be my district. I live in the 5th. Uh, but but it's, it's more than that. It's about how a politico is looked at and viewed when they engage this kind of, oh, no, I'm out, I'm done, I have to spend time with family, which is what she said. I had two, two high school-age girls, I, I need to spend time with them. To all of a sudden a conversation about how America needs me, things are too perilous, I have to stay. That's, I mean, that's a thing. That is, a, that is an unbelievable shift, and I'm so curious as to how the voter looks at that. One of the things that I cannot stand is when people, uh, like, like for example, in Stick with Indiana, Greg Pence in, in the 6th District, he has decided he's not running for re-election. Okay, he's done three terms, he's not running for re-election. I have heard people yelling, oh, sure, gets his pension, gets what he wants, and gets out. If he stayed for 10 terms, those same people would, would be saying, what, he can't go get a real job? Great, What would just what we need in Congress, another lifer. You know, there's, there's a, a moment where people who are complaining about Congress or their Congress people or politicians, they're just doing something that is rote, R-O-T-E. They don't actually have any feeling towards it. They don't have any intellectualism behind it. They just, they know they're supposed to complain about this thing and it gives them some moment of moral superiority and that's it. It's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. But with this, with, with uh, Representative Sparts, I, I wonder if it's different because you don't see this every day. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. I have to run. Oh, jeepers. And in the fifth district, You've had a lot of people get into this race, some people with some real ducats. One of the people who got into this race is Max Engling. And Max Engling, maxforindiana.com, uh, he was the director of member services for Speaker McCarthy. He's from Indiana. He's from that district. I think he met his wife at Ball State uh, up there in Muncie. Hello, beautiful Muncie. And so I had him on my morning show this morning, and I wanted to get a feel from him, a guy who's in the race who now has to realize, now has to say to himself, my gosh, now I'm running against the incumbent. Did I ever say anything nice about the incumbent? How does this work? Uh, first thing out of the bat, what what did you do when you heard this news? So I think I was maybe a little bit disappointed that she was getting in after saying that she wasn't going to get in. But honestly, for me, I mean, this is my home. These are the people that I care the most about. And I'm 100% committed to serving the people of the 5th District. Uh, I always have been. And you know, that's not going to change. And so that's why I remain focused at this point. And, and that doesn't change it, Tony. 
your statement reads, Congresswoman Sparks' well-documented history of waffling on the issues and re-election campaign leaves Indiana families without a principled voice in Congress. Decisive conservative leadership means standing your ground when it comes to reducing the debt, fighting for Indiana families, and getting America back on track. I'm in this race to win, and the Congresswoman's latest announcement makes me more committed than ever to stay in this race, trust the Lord, and fight for family-first policies. Now, you can argue that there's a waffling on getting into the race when she said that she was out. Are we arguing that she wasn't a conservative in Congress? I think what I'm saying is we need to know what our representative stands for and that we can trust that she's going to do the thing she says, he or she says at any point. And we saw whether it was going back and forth in the speaker fight, any time that that happened at the beginning of the Congress, we saw it even with Jim Jordan. Um, and we've seen it on Ukraine funding and a number of things that I want to know. The person that's representing me, when they say something, that's what they're going to do. So that was just some of the conversation. Uh, you can find all of it over at TonyKatz.com. Wherever you get the podcast, you can uh, find uh, that right there, my conversation with Max Engling, candidate for Congress in the 5th District, uh, MaxForIndiana.com. I am curious whether or not this is going to move the needle because what I am even more curious about, I, I, we're not talking about us. You and me are very, very different. No, not not that you and I are very different. Although you and I could be very, very different. You and I are different than everybody else. We're into this. Like, like deep. We talk about these things. We discuss these things. We share these things. When the show is over, you're talking about them with other people. I'm researching other stuff. We come back. We share again. This is... It, 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 we are fascinated by it. We are into it. We are trying to read the tea leaves. We're trying to figure out how many levels deep something goes. We we understand that that lives are at stake. The nation is at stake. Liberty is at stake. We get these things. So so we're like this. The vast majority of the country isn't. And and you could say uh, with 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 equal um, assuredness, the same thing is true about Hoosiers. Well, that's not a knock on Hoosiers. It's that not everybody is deep detailed into the politics, deep detailed into what these things mean, into what everybody is saying all the time. So I wonder for a fair amount of people in the 5th District, and it could be true of any district, if a member of Congress was not going to run for re-election, and then all of a sudden you saw the name on the ballot, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's my member of Congress, vote. You wouldn't even be aware that they weren't running. You wouldn't even be aware that they got back into the race. I have to believe that for all of the candidates already in the race, this race just got a billion percent harder. But you could say to me, Tony, the people who vote in a primary, they're the people who are a little more aware, a little more alert, a little more with it. They know the ins and outs. They know what's going on. They know what's happening. And they might look at this and look at what Victoria Sparks is doing here and say, oh, no, that dog won't hunt. We are not going to have any part of this. You say that you got to be with your family. You're not going to run. And then all of a sudden, here you are. All of a sudden, here you are. O-M-G. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, that dog, that dog won't hunt. We are not going to have any part of it. Maybe some people are going to say, wait a second. What in the world happened that she wasn't going to run and now she's back? What, 
What deal got made? No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one really knows how the game is played. The art of the trade, how the sausage gets made. We just assume that it happens. But no one else is in the room where it happens. That's a that's Hamilton people and i want to say for the record there's really i have absolutely nothing that makes me think there's nothing really nothing that moves me to the idea that somehow there's some shenanigans here it is possible that representative victoria sparks 100 changed her mind change approved she just did it she's like i i wasn't gonna do it but i don't like what i'm seeing my gosh i can't handle this i gotta try to do something about this i'm gonna run again I am going to stick with it. There, not everything is, the, is this level of duplicitousness. Sometimes the answer is exactly what the answer is. She decided. She decided to run. That's all. And there's going to be 9 million questions about why did you decide this? And what about your family that? And it's, dear Lord, who invited the Inquisition? Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. The Inquisition. Let's begin the Inquisition. Look out, Sam. We have a mission to convert the Jews. Although I don't think this has anything to do with Judaism. Uh, Victoria Sparks, not Jewish. I don't know how it's going to move the voter. I I don't know. Because the the argument of she waffled, she changed her mind, you can't trust her. I I heard Max say it. By the way, I, I have met Max before. I think Max is an unbelievably decent dude. That is not an endorsement. That is just a a full disclosure thing right there. I think I think that's that's kind of kind of important. Um, I don't know if this helps him at all. As a matter of fact, I don't think it helps him in the slightest. I think it hurts him. I think it hurts. He's already gone up against a guy named Chuck Goodrich, who's got a tremendous amount of money and has been first to the advertising. And there's a bunch of other people in this race and, and some who I've met before who I think are totally decent people. Some I, I, I don't know by name. I think her getting in this race and is the, the, the proclamation that, well, she waffles and, and uh, you can't trust that. I don't, I, I, I am of the belief that that doesn't move the needle at all. That people are much more apt to simply look at, um, at, at Victoria Sparks and say, oh, she changed her mind. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. Welcome back. That's my take. But I, I what if I'm wrong? I, that's why I'm asking. I want to know where people are with this. I think it's interesting. It's not every day that someone changes their mind. I don't know. I mean, is there something about the Hoosier that that would look at this with with more derision or with more sympathy? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, and I'm, I cannot wait to find out. This is Tony Katz today. 
changes going on at CNN. And I know you're not really a watcher of CNN, and what does it matter? Well, I think it matters greatly when you realize the changes being made are to follow along the lines of MSNBC, which is not just politically left. That would be one thing. We're talking about a bigoted organization and outfit. Any outfit that can still bring you Joy Reid Day after day after day, and her lies about her cursing on air and what it was that she was really saying. I mean, this is this is a despicable group. If I said what Joy Reid says on air, I'd be out of a job. I'd be 100% out of a job. Yet she gets to go on like nothing ever happened. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Be a subscriber there. Be a part of what we're doing. We greatly appreciate the support. Let me let me bring it to you. This was Joy Reid on her show in a hot mic moment. Now, I had to edit out the curse, but I, this is how the clip w- w- was shared. This was Joy Reid. Congressional Republicans love to latch on to President Biden and Democrats' successful policies and take credit for things they didn't do, while tying themselves into pretzels to do nothing for the American people for the sake of Donald Trump. Now, that is a nonsense statement. It's the classic pandering progressive garbage. And what successful Biden policies are you talking about? It doesn't matter. She didn't even have to say it. All she has to do is invoke Trump, right? So this is what's considered the the intellectual heft over at MSNBC. But wait for it. Case in point, fixing what they say is a crisis at the border. With congressional negotiators continuing work on a bipartisan deal to tie border policy changes to funding for Ukraine. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another war. <laughs> Still trying to kill the deal. He bragged about blocking progress and said, please, please blame him if it fails. Meanwhile, the main Republican negotiator. You've heard enough. So you're saying that Biden is going to start another blanking war. You're blaming everything on Trump. You did this on a hot mic. We heard you. And what I described at the time is is still the case. Everything she said about Biden being wonderful, Biden doing this, Biden being terrific, wanting to be connected to Biden, she doesn't actually believe. She doesn't actually believe it. She says it because she believes her audience wants to hear it, and clearly there's an audience that will gobble that up. But if you want to tell me that Fox News doesn't believe what they say, right, those text messages, they're only saying what they think uh, wants uh, to, they, they, they want to hear, right? What does the audience want to hear? Well, that's exactly what Joy Reid just did, and no one has called her out for it. As a matter of fact, she gets to go on The View and have people support her. 
Now, Joy, I want to ask you, because we, as, as people that wear microphones every day, we can relate to this. But last week, you had a hot mic moment that got some attention. <laughs> Let's just say you used some colorful language. Who doesn't? Not me. Um, I'm a Christian. But, yeah, <laughs> but it, it seems like you were criticizing President Biden for starting another war. I don't think you're alone in concerns of that, but is that true? Like, what was behind this? <laughs> well, I'm going to hit that with a cute no comment. No, but I, what, what I'm going to say is I am a person that... I, I'm a study war no more kind of Christian. I'm a red letter Christian. I don't believe in war, whether it is the governor of Texas literally trying to start another civil war over an issue that his party could solve tomorrow. There's literally a bill that they just yeah. could pass, right? And, and Notice she doesn't answer the question. She decides that she's going to use Christianity as a shield. And if we're going to talk about passing legislation, the House passed a bill 270-some-odd days ago, HB2, that Schumer could have already passed and they could have sent to the president's desk. So this doesn't work. But what kind of thing is this that she brings up Christianity? And do the border security issue, or whether it's in the Middle East. I was deeply against the Iraq War. I was against. I'm. A, I'm an anti-war person, and so you know, I don't want to say that there's any side that is specifically to blame here. But I think the idea. I think for most Americans, we're war weary. I think we're all weary of conflict, yeah. and we would like to see us progress economically, socially, try to bring this country back from the brink of racial hatred. Let's not do war at all. Yeah. Okay. Let's not kill people. First things first, you can't sit next to Sonny Hostin and then tell me about how you're opposed to racial hatred. Secondly, it's not that we're at war. It's that parts of the world are at war with us. Iran is at war with us. Hamas via Iran is at war with Israel. Russia is at war with Ukraine. You want to somehow hold up a hashtag and get people to sing Kumbaya? That's not the way it works. You are not... Um, what's the word? Honest? No, no, you're not honest. Decent? No, you're not, you're not decent. You are not rational. And most importantly, you didn't address the elephant in the room. You aren't a believer in Joe Biden thinking Joe Biden's policies are great and Republicans want to glom on. You oppose Joe Biden's policies as you've now stated because you're a Christian. Feel the air quotes. I mean, I guess I don't get to doubt her on that i just think it's weird that she's utilizing it as a shield in this case from a question that was about her cursing on air and calling biden a warmonger when she said biden has the great policies and everybody wants to be attached to them she's a fraud she is what she is and she goes on to the view to get some protection from sunny hostin and the rest of the gang i didn't get to hear whether or not Alyssa farrah griffin uh, actually pushed her on anything but i'm going to guess no this brings us to CNN, but why? How? CNN changed its morning show. We discussed this yesterday. The then CEO, Chris Licht, wanted to create a morning show that he thought would be the, the focal point of, of the programming. He has done this before in other places, has a successful career in this, and he decided that he was going to create a morning show out of Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins, and and then Don Lemon. This was going to be the morning show, and the morning show was going to be epic. Well, as we learned, Don Lemon couldn't do it. Don Lemon can't work well with others. Maybe when he does his own show there on, 
on X, maybe it'll work for him. I don't, I don't know. Um, but he couldn't work with others. I think his work in the evening uh, in terms of his Trump hatred and his work with Chris Cuomo really did harm him, damaged him down to his soul. Uh, and Caitlin Collins and, and, and Poppy Harlow were not, were not that interesting. Now, Poppy Harlow could be, but Caitlin Collins is not. And Caitlin Collins now has her own evening show, and it's awful. She's, it's, it's just, there's nothing there. There would, there, there's, there's no strength, no, no, no vigor. Listen, maybe if I've watched, if I watched it for what well, would be a year straight, maybe I'd see something, but I can only talk about anecdotally what I've seen and there's nothing there. So then you move John Berman out, you bring in Phil Mattingly and you've had Phil Mattingly and Poppy Harlow. Now they have decided that, uh, they're going to get rid of that morning show. They're going to take Casey Hunt and put her 5 to 7 a.m. And then they'll take Berman and Kate Baldan and Sarah Snyder and bring them to 7 a.m. They're changing up the whole morning. Okay. The morning show idea didn't work. I said at the time it was a stopgap. There was no way for it to work. It didn't work. That's not the story. And I did not know this until I saw one of the trades, one of the radio trades, which I look at from time to time. And when I say time to time, I mean every day. I take a look at just what's going on. I saw that someone was talking about Jim Acosta on CNN. I'm like, whoa, what is, what is this? Acosta does weekends, and Acosta is ridiculous. And, and, and Jim Acosta made his bones by going after uh, Trump 24-7, and it was embarrassing. It, w- it was pathetic to watch a reporter, so-called, try and make himself the story. And then I learned that Jim Acosta is moving from weekends to weekdays. That Jim Acosta will now be the anchor at 10 a.m. So in this whole switch and move around to the morning show, they give Jim Acosta not a weekend, but five days a week. That is a vote of confidence. That is trying to build somebody up. That is a clear indication that CNN is moving in a direction. And that direction is more like MSNBC. Do you think Jim Acosta for a second, based on his prior history, will worry about whether or not he is decent or actually engaged in the facts? Or will it be a la Jen Psaki at MSNBC, a la Joy Reid at MSNBC, narrative all the time? Narrative today, narrative tomorrow, narrative forever. See what I did there? That usually upsets people, but there's a purpose for that. And it is not to upset them, but to make them aware. This is a problem. This is massive, and I bring this up because when you say to me, yeah, but I don't watch CNN, it doesn't matter. People do. Tony, the audiences are so small. Let me try and work this out with you. Uh, this, this goes back a couple of years ago. Talking about something called the long tail. Do you know what the long tail is? So if you were to look at an XY uh, graph, right, and and uh, the right so so the x is up and down and the y is is left and right isn't that isn't that how an x y graph works? Yeah, the 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 x is 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 up and down. No no the no the x is left and right and the y is up and down. Sorry, the the x is horizontal the y is vertical. X y graph. Okay. The long tail says when you start start at at a, at a point of ten on on the y. 
So very high up. And then bring it down and extend it out along the X uh, line all the way, as far as you can go. So you'll start at the top of the Y and then it'll come down to almost the bottom of the Y and it won't yet hit the X, but it'll just extend out for forever. That is referred to as the long tail. This is a conversation uh, regarding Amazon because what people learned with Amazon is that when they sold, when it was really just books back in the day, they sold more books that just sold one or two copies than the book that sold the most copies. So if you take a look at that XY and you take a look at that spot on the Y, right, high up, well, that was the top-selling book. But if you take a look at all of the books on the X that sold one copy, two copy, very minute copies, add that all together, and it sold more than the top-selling book. That is news consumption in America. The, the, the uh, spot high up on the Y, on, on, the, on, on, the, on the right, on the, on the vertical part, that is Fox News. Right? Oh, always leading in the ratings, this, that, and the other. The long tail is all of this progressive media. ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times. Uh, go down the list. Newspapers and videos and social media and the rest. That has a much greater impact and had cultural things in there. Don't get me wrong. Here I am on talk radio. I'm one of the people on the political right. Talk radio is dominated by people on the political right. But look at all the video that is out there culturally and everything else. It is clearly the left. Look at the major media. Look at Hollywood. Look at all these things. It is clearly the left. It is massive, which is why we've been talking about culture wars for years because they actually do matter. So a move like this is not just relegated to CNN's dismal ratings. They think this is a way out of dismal ratings and the way out of dismal ratings is to go further to the left, not to engage in rationality, not to engage in debate, but to super serve an audience that is foaming at the mouth. Damn. That is not what, not what I wanted. By the way, I can already feel the emails coming in and it's how I've described the XY graph. Can you, could you please just cut me some slack just for a moment? Thank you. The move of Acosta tells a story. And that story is awful that story is a problem a very very large problem that the answer is not bring about a rational conversation that the answer is not let us discuss the issues the answer is engage in ideology 24 7 365 and destroy the enemy by any and every means necessary because the ends justify the means. And they see you as the enemy. That's what it says. CNN had an opportunity and they decided, 
Nah. It's like China. China never decided they should be more westward looking. Anything goes wrong in the world, their answer is more communism. And that's the way CNN clearly looks at it, except, you know, not more communism. More Joy Reid. And that's a problem for all of us. This is Tony Katz today. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Are you a, a, a yes or a no on, on the immigration uh, bill? The bill that's been presented today, uh, I, I think, will fail on Wednesday. Uh, I'm certainly a no. What I want to see is a bill that actually provides border security. You know, it's remarkable that in 2021, the Democrats said, there's no problem at our southern border. In 2022, there's no crisis. 2023, there's no crisis. Suddenly, in 2024, they put forward this bill saying there's a crisis, and the Republicans don't vote for this bill. It's the Republicans' fault. That's Senator Bill Haggerty, who is, I think, doing a good job of explaining it. He's from Tennessee. A no vote. And there's just so many no votes. And as we have discussed and broken it down, they have an argument. And it is not, well, they don't actually believe in border security. That's political garbage. There are people who support this legislation. Border Patrol, the union, supports it because they believe it's the start of something. And I get their point because it would indeed be the start of something. It would be better, arguably, than what they're doing now. That doesn't mean that's what you do because it has problems. Including the numbers of people they'll allow across, including where the power really resides, and what if the, the Homeland Security Secretary just wants to start granting amnesty like it's his or her job? There are real issues here, and the people who won't address them, not serious people. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.